I'm doing some try to. Oh yeah, we're live. Hey, no, hey, I, we were just doing the air fryer upstairs, so everybody can see this. We we're doing shrimp bacon with jalapenos and nice. cream cheese. So, no, I understand. Um, welcome. Uh, this is Artist of the Good podcast, hosted by me, Johnny Walker, Johnny Walker Art. Uh, tonight we have Tank Built from Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, Tank, thank you for doing this. Um, I, and we were messaging before this started, and I would have been able to meet you. I think it would have probably been like maybe two years ago, an event that you did with Mr. Oz. Um, I, it might have been, was it might have been, were you out there in California? Yeah, so the, it, it could have been many because uh, yeah. there for a little while, Corey and I were bumping around together for uh, a good like year. So, okay, yeah, it would have been one of those events he invited me out to, and like yeah. I, I wasn't able to get the time off. So, uh, nice. thank you for sitting down with me tonight. Um, well, if you can. Pleasure. Let uh, you know if you want to give it a little introduction. Let let people know who you are, where you're from, and, and kind of like how you got started in doing what you do. Awesome, yeah. Uh, so my name's Tank. Uh, Tank Build is the company. Um, you know more of my art side, and uh, I'm out of Las Vegas, and I've actually recently started doing a lot of stuff in Northern California again, which is where I actually grew up for uh, joined the Marine Corps and all that stuff. So, um, I. I'm more known now for my palm front carvings, which you can kind of see some of these. Um, but I was never a woodwork guy at all. So it, it kind of, you know, fell in my lap. That's what I was. Uh, so I was doing like, this is what I know you for, like yeah. from this carving. So I was doing research, looking back, you've been in fabricating for a long time. Like I yeah. found an interview in like Fabricator magazine from like 2015. Um, yeah talked about a little bit like your past like how you started how you actually started getting into that it's like you grew up you grew up doing this right yeah absolutely so i mean um my dad uh you know he's still around he's up in oregon uh he is a fabricator um machinist just very metal oriented but he also did a lot of woodwork and stuff um when i was a kid i remember he used to make miniature cannons that were total length with a carriage and everything they were only maybe a foot long um, and that's how we, we ate for a while was, uh, uh -huh. you know, he had, he had uh, knee surgery and he was out of, uh, he was, a uh, uh, he worked at a wheel operator. So he, he, he did maintenance on, uh, uh, out in Shasta, I believe. And so, um, when he had knee surgery, he was down and, you know, they didn't really take care of them. He wasn't union or anything like that. So, uh, -huh. uh we would just sit in the garage and he would make carriages and he wouldn't use screws or anything. It was all dowels and. Oh, wow. Um, you know, so watching him make the barrels on the, the lathe and stuff as a real young kid, um, you know, it got me into it. And when, uh, whenever in school, uh, like first through third grade and stuff, we would have, uh, there was like Renaissance, you know, stuff going on. Like uh -huh. we were learning about that in history. And I remember uh, my dad had me and my friends in the garage using spoke shaves and stuff, making, um, you know, gladiuses and, yeah. and other, you know, like miniature swords and stuff out of wood. And, you know, everybody loved coming over, you know, for that reason. So, so it was like, kind of like, it, it, you know, I grew up, I grew up on like, I grew up on a farm and the kind of same thing, you know, friends loved coming over, but it was like, it was like, we were still working. Yeah. And so it was like, I know how that, yeah. For, for a long time, um, I actually kind of resented my dad a little bit uh -huh. because, uh, I felt like he, he never let me have a childhood. You know, there were so many kids that I, I grew up with and around that they were out playing and, you know, causing mischief and everything else. And it was like I had to work, you know, and uh -huh. whether it was like helping build a mini bike or whatever, 
it could have been fun stuff, but it was always like, you know, it was always like be a man, you know, it was, uh-huh. I was never allowed to kind of, you know, mess around. And, uh, looking back, I mean, it's the greatest thing that anybody's ever done for me. Honestly, it's kind of, kind of prepared you to, you know, to do what, what you're doing now. Correct. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's helped you get to where you're at. Yeah. Man. Oh, absolutely. You know, my, uh, my work ethic in that regard is, is well, um, you know, I, I deal with my issues as far as being flighty and, you know, being an artist, you know, uh-huh. and just having a hard time sticking to things that I don't want to work on. Uh-huh. Um, that's probably the biggest downfall I have, but if I'm into something or, you know, if I can pin my mind to it, um, man, I, I can work around the clock. No problem. So are you, are you only doing carvings? Cause it, I've like, I went to the depths of, uh, I, I found like airbrushing things that you were doing, no beard. It was like, you were young. It, so you, I mean, so you're like, you paint, paint, metal fabrication, yeah. car, like you do everything, correct? Yeah. So my background, um, is mostly automotive. It's actually okay. building custom cars and bikes and stuff. Um, like I said, the woodwork thing kind of fell into my lap. Um, my, my website's frondart.com for just the palm frond. Uh-huh. Uh, that's actually a separate business totally. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I did a, a first little, um, you know, bio on there, whatever, a blog, if you will. And, uh-huh. uh, basically, you know, kind of went over how I, I came into doing palm fronds. Um, but it was, it's something I did. I didn't really ever want to do. It wasn't something that I was ever like really, um, all that passionate about until, uh-huh nobody else was doing it. Like, uh, there's one, one guy that really, you know, I got it from, uh-huh. but for the most part, it was, uh, you know, and I, I uh, Cormac out of 29 pounds. I like, I try to send him as much love as I can. Cause like, um, no one will ever do anything. That's hundred percent original. In my opinion, you will uh-huh. never do anything that has no influence that has no grounds in, in something you've uh-huh. seen. So it's important to embrace that and say, Hey, look, you know, this is where I got, this idea, you know, but, but make it your own, you know, don't copy, uh-huh. don't, don't jack people's stuff. But, uh, it, it just, it was one of those things to where when I started doing them and they started selling and then I pulled away from it and people were still hitting me up and stuff like it, it was like, okay, I, I guess this is what I'm doing now. So, and, uh, uh, so that's the thing I've never, I've never seen them before, like any other person doing carving what you're carving. Yeah. Uh, and it's not, it, it, it's, it's like 3d art. It's, it's not, it really is. it's not 2d. It's, 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 there's, it's very in depth and what you're yeah. putting into it. What are, what are some of the tools? I watched one of your videos. Oh my, there, that's a lot of sawdust blowing around. Oh no. Dude. Yeah. I actually, I just, I just vacuumed unfortunately, uh-huh. but it's, it's just terrible. I usually don't even come into this room without a respirator. Uh-huh. Um, Cause you know, I do a lot of nasty stuff, whether it's paint, uh, metal fabrication, woodwork, uh, like it's all terrible for your lungs in different ways. So I, I try to be as smart as I can, but uh, you know, whatever. Oh, I did vacuum stuff. But uh, for the most part, I use rotary tools with flex shafts. Um, you know, they're they're small, they're easy to, to manage and stuff. Uh, so, um, and I just, it got to the point to where I was wasting enough time changing out the individual bits that it made more sense to just buy a whole new thing and just be able to go back and forth. Uh-huh. Um, but, uh, Dremel a few years ago, I'd say probably 2015 ish. Um, they had sent me some love, you know, they sent me some products uh-huh. and stuff. Uh, that really, 
I was at a point then where I wasn't really, I wasn't big on their products. It was like, uh -huh. that's what I was using because that was what was available. available. Yeah. Um, but you know, there's a lot of other companies out there that, that produce them and stuff. And there mm -hmm. was a big thing between like Fordham and Dremel and Fordham. There are these machines here. They're a lot bigger. They're stouter. The handpiece may not look like it, but it's a lot more, it's not as functional as far as like being easy to use. Um, so it's really not as uh, user-friendly for just just constant production uh -huh. as far as like doing the, the fine detail. <clears throat> but uh, they have, you know, they have their own areas that they shine, outshine uh, Dremel. So, but when they sent me that stuff, I was like, okay, you know what? Like, I'm going to keep showing this love. Um, another friend I have uh, through the art community, uh, you know, Hank, uh, well, Hank Robinson. So Hanro Engraving out of uh, Arizona. Okay. This dude is incredible. He's the one that does like all the engraving on uh, like the F-250s and um, stuff like that at SEMA for Dremel. Oh, wow. And, um, you know, he's he's definitely throwing me a line here and there and fucking helping me was that the were you at the sema show with like the, the photo you sent me you had like a uh a carved i think you carved up a guitar that was at sema yeah so okay that was in the indasa booth um so that uh i have a lot of friends that have that know the five finger death punch guys out uh -huh. in days uh very well and stuff and uh i started playing with some guitars because i was kind of getting bored with palm fronds and uh -huh. stuff but I, I did like using rotary tools and, and carving so I was kind of expanding and, uh, you know, in Vegas, we had tons of pawn shops. So I'd go pick up guitars that were all beat up and uh, basically recarve them and, you know, do that. So uh, that particular bass, if you look at it, it's actually the five figure death punch skull uh, with a star behind it. And then there's uh, some gunshots and stuff. Uh -huh. um, a buddy of mine has that body right now. He was going to paint it. We we're going to kind of do it as a collaboration because uh -huh. uh, he already works with five finger death punch, uh, Jason Oberly. Um, and I may go grab that one and, uh, and finish it up just cause he's been swamped. He has a lot of really, really cool stuff going on. Uh -huh. Um, so that one actually might get finished here real soon, but, oh, uh, man, that, that is pretty was, cool. I think it was 15 or 16, uh, SEMA. When did you start? Um, like, was that around the time things started picking up? Like people started noticing like, oh man, this guy, this is something different. Uh, and people start picking up on what you were doing. Yeah. Um, you know, when I when I moved from Southern California, I was down in like Oceanside, uh, like North County, San Diego area. Uh -huh. I moved out to Las Vegas. I had a lot of life changes going on. And I was just like, you know what? I'm gonna go out there and just start anew. You know, uh, moving from at that point, I really was trying to move from automotive to art. I was like, uh -huh. I don't know what kind of art I'm gonna do, but I'm gonna just be an artist now. And uh, I had done a few of the fronds before that, like maybe a handful, like ten, maybe. And uh, I did one for a friend's wedding present and stuff. And uh, <clears throat> when I got to Vegas, you know, uh, I, I really was kind of, I tried painting license plates and stuff, which was kind of fun and kind of cool, uh -huh. and, uh, but very limiting. You know, you're, you're kind of stuck to what you can do. Um, and, uh, you know, there was, uh, I did a palm front and a friend saw it and was like, Hey, I, I'd really like to buy that. And so I sold it for a hundred bucks, which was way more than I had made on any of the other ones. Uh -huh. And it was big. Like it was a good size one. Like now it'd probably go for around a thousand. Wow. And uh, yeah. I was like, I was stoked on it though. It was like a hundred bucks. Like, dang, you know, so I only had a motorcycle at that point. So 
it was it was gas for you know a really good amount of time so it, i read about that uh one of the interviews you did i was reading about that how you went from california it's like all mm -hmm. you had was your motorcycle and a duffel bag and, and you went around and just <laughs> hustled and yeah and and and, and got jo like job here job here job here um and i know you know how how was that transition you know coming out coming out of the marine corps and you know it's like starting over starting fresh um <clears throat> so when i came out of the marine corps um i had gotten divorced while i was still in you know when i came back from iraq I, I ended up getting divorced and stuff and uh the military is very big on making sure that the spouses are taken care of and stuff which i think is good i mean i saw a lot of times where the guys were like oh if she didn't want to be with me then screw her <clears throat> but it put me in a bad position because I wasn't allowed to live in the barracks because I got housing allowance. Uh -huh. I wasn't allowed to, um, and I, like, I couldn't afford a house like or an apartment or anything. So I ended up finding a small shop that the guy uh, with the limo service was willing to sublease me because he only needed like a corner of it for his restock stuff for mm -hmm. his limos. <clears throat> so I rented that. He already built a shower into the bathroom and stuff. And uh, I lived in the office and, um, in order to pay for that, I had to make money there. So I was actually working on like cars and bikes on the side, like doing just whatever people could, uh, uh bring to me. And then oh. on Friday, Saturday nights, I was bouncing at strip clubs down in San Diego. And then Sunday all day, I would cut hair in the barbershop in Oceanside. And, um, and Marine Corps. Yeah. All yeah. So, wow. Um, you know, and it was, uh, it was a terrible time, but it was the best time uh -huh. because, it was just, it was constantly go, go, go. Um, at that point, I was already uh, an NCO. I had my own office. And uh, <clears throat> so I would come in in the morning and we would go do PT, uh, PT and then uh, we'd come back. And uh, honestly, the way I set up my bookshelf, I, I had a cot that I could lay behind it to where you couldn't see through my door. And I just, I'd leave it locked. And I'd take uh, like a two hour nap, you know? I'd get up and I was the safety hazmat uh, guy, so. Anybody who knows anything about that, especially the military knows it's a pretty, it's usually a bogus billet. Like you become the safety hazmat guy because it's just something that somebody has to do. Nobody really takes it seriously, unfortunately. Um, and, you know, as long as people aren't being dumb, it really does kind of run itself. But I took it under, uh, I took it a little more seriously and actually went to school and did the things I needed to do. And uh, so after lunch, you know, we'd get up um, and I would take another nap during lunch. I'd just leave my door open and they'd wake me up. We'd go to formation. And then the back half of the day, I would knock out everything I needed to get done for that day. So I was still very productive. I was still getting uh, service commendations and stuff uh, for doing uh, a better job. And he dropped off, but I'm going to keep going anyway. <clears throat> um, but uh, it was one of those things that uh, – after work, I would I would go and I would work on cars and bikes. You dropped off, but I, I keep going. Um, I'd go back to my shop and work on stuff there uh, into the night, and then I would actually uh, I would uh, go back in first thing in the morning, and then on Friday I would drive straight down to San Diego, uh, go work for the night, have breakfast with some of the girls, hang out, uh, you know, sleep a couple hours, whatever during Saturday work again Saturday night and then drive straight back up and uh, go cut hair from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. And um, it's – so you're supposed to be licensed to cut hair. 
However, being right around military bases and stuff, honestly, you have to get, especially the Marine Corps, you have to get a haircut every week. Like they're a little more lenient and stuff. And I cut hair so much when we were in the field and things like that, that uh, it didn't matter. Like uh, it, it, I, I was good. I got to the point to where, um, you know, I was, I was able to do a fade in about seven to 10 minutes. And so I was able to make a good amount of money. And that actually really kept me alive uh, through the back half of my military career. Your mic's off. Your mic's off. Now can yeah. you hear me? Can you hear yep. me? Can? Awesome. Yeah. Oh my gosh. This happens every time. Every time. Okay. It's all right. So Cutting out again. Okay. Am I coming? I'm not coming. I think your mic's not working too because it's it's real, real faint. There. Can you hear me? There you go. Yep. I don't know what happened. Okay. So, when did you start? When did you start airbrushing? When did airbrushing start coming in? All right. So I, my mom uh, had been married a few times, and one of my stepdads was a body man. And uh, so as a, a young kid, I was around older cars and stuff a uh -huh. lot. And uh, he used to have this like early '90s F-150. He was white, and he had a mural on the the tailgate of it. There was oh, like yes. a snow scene. Yes. You know. And uh, I saw it, and I it blew me away. I was like, "That's paint, you know, it's crazy." Uh -huh. And uh, you know, he he was telling me, he's like, "Hey, if you start learning airbrush, if you can get to do this kind of quality, uh -huh. then I'll you know I'll have you paint my stuff." So I first got a Harbor Freight airbrush, and it was rough, man. Yes, look, at it, was, it was it was. Yeah, I, I just did a job. I've had this Harbor Freight airbrush since 2012, and I did a job with it last week. Woo. And it's still, I ran one shot through it, so I'm, I should probably clean it really good. But uh, since 2012, <laughs> this, thing, this thing has held up since, you know, since 2012. I bought this in, at the Harbor Freight in San Angelo. Yes, San Angelo, Texas. I was in the DOD Fire Academy, and I picked this thing up. And I think, I know yeah. it's time, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to upgrade. It's, this is, next week I'm going to be upgrading. Yeah, I mean, and, uh, you know, Iwata has been a company that actually shortly after that, so... Um, a friend of mine had an airbrush, uh, one of my brother's friends technically, but he had an Iwata, uh, the siphon feed. And uh -huh. so I, I played with that and it was just crazy how much easier it was for me to, to do lines and stuff like that. Uh -huh. and, and of course, at first I did the, what everyone does when they get an airbrush, I tried to draw with it, you know, and then, yeah, yeah. uh, you know, try to go freehand all that stuff. And, um, slowly over time, there were just other applications that I could see for it. Um, and Growing up, I had a, a good amount of friends who were into graffiti and things like that, mm -hmm. but it, it always made no sense to me. I'm like, so you're going to go steal paint and then go and paint things you're not allowed to paint and hopefully not get in trouble? Like, I'm going to buy an airbrush, I'm going to get good, and then I'm going to have people pay me to paint the shit. Uh -huh. you know? um, and looking back, like I, I see the appeal and also the um, – the esteem of, of graffiti and stuff, especially now that it's actually going mainstream or gone uh -huh. mainstream. And, uh, you know, it's, it's incredible to watch what these guys have done and, um, the amount of passion that it takes for them to, to do what they were doing is insane. So, um, yeah, you know, it just, I, I, I went a little different direction. Where, what kind of, what advice would you, would you give somebody who is 
wants to get into airbrushing, where to start, what to buy, you know, equipment and that kind of stuff? Um, the best advice I can probably give is, um, you know, scour the internet for information, you know, delve into it with, with anything, not just airbrushing. Like if you decide that you want to do something like dive into it hard, you know, even if it's just for a couple of weeks in the shot or whatever. Um, but look for decent equipment. The, the difference between using like an Iwata airbrush and, uh, even lowering like a Neo series, uh, Iwata over using like a Harbor Freighter rush is astronomical. I mean, the amount of time and attention that they put into, um, you know, tolerances and making sure that it actually works the way it's supposed to there, there's a lot of times where you'll produce bad work uh, or, mm-hmm. or work that you don't understand how you didn't do better. Mm-hmm. And then when you use better equipment, it's night and day. Um, the second is, is paint. There's a lot of paints you can run. I myself will go to Walmart and buy the little, you know, whatever the apple tree paint or whatever for 50 cents for the bottle. Uh-huh. I'll buy those to base stuff out um, just because it is thicker than a lot of airbrush paints and stuff. So you'll, but like, you'll spray that down first. I don't spray that. Like I, you can, you can absolutely uh-huh. add water to it and spray it, but I'll actually hand brush the majority okay. of what I'm doing. Um, because what I'm doing, it's so porous uh, that it'll just it suck all that. Right up. Yeah. Yeah. And it'll take me hours of, of just uh-huh. layer to layer. I've even honestly used, uh, like flat spray paint and done it before. Mm-hmm. But the problem with that is you run the risk of it running. It's, you know, it's more expensive. It smells like, there's a ton of reasons uh-huh. why I've just moved to doing acrylic paints uh-huh. um, as a base. But then um, as far as spraying goes, though, invest in a You still there? There, wait a minute, we're back. back. <laughs> so the, they'll atomize real well. Um, but uh, – I had a silver warning. Some old person's lost around me, I guess. So. Oh, that's. Uh... I'm sorry. But anyway, uh, yeah, just it, it's a much better quality paint. Uh-huh. Um, and then, but then you get into the water-based stuff, uh, the waterborne stuff like Createx. Uh-huh. Um, I had tried it early on, and I just wasn't impressed. It, it was it would uh, spiderweb out. Like there was just there were a lot of issues with it. Um, but when I moved to Las Vegas and started getting opportunities to paint live at casinos and resorts and oh, stuff, cool. you cannot be spraying solvent-based paint. Uh-huh. You know, it stinks. It's it's just it's not fun. It'll get on stuff. It doesn't come off. So I looked back into Createx again, uh-huh. um, and actually, uh, I had a friend at the time who I don't really associate with the guy anymore, but uh, he was very big with Createx and uh, Killer Artist. You know, and so he kind of got me trying it again, uh-huh. and I was blown away by the quality difference and the ability to to really get nice, fine, crisp lines of it and stuff. Now, so I started working with that, and then uh, <clears throat> started doing a few events and things like that, and and got the opportunity to work with Createx a little bit. Uh, and actually, Craig Kennedy, one of the owners, had uh, come to town, and he saw some of my carvings and was like let's, let's do some stuff. He's like, you know, I'm not, he's like, let me, let me send you some product and see what you do with it and stuff. And, uh, that was around the time that they were getting ready to introduce their candy line. And so he sent me the candies and stuff. And, uh, I was blown away by the fact that this was a waterborne 
candy. Can, you know, I, I just, just I just picked some up. Yeah, uh, I might it might be it might be tangerine and like their candy O2 or whatever. Yeah, I just yeah, yeah. picked it up, and I'm like, oh, I gotta I've got to try this out. And it's solid. And I mean, the early stuff I tried was great. The stuff now is mind blowing. And now they've introduced some new clears and stuff. Uh, they're scenics and uh, oh, I, I think they changed another name, but uh, it's it's crazy. Like the the coverage that they're achieving out of waterborne stuff, the uh -huh. the diversity that they're getting. Um, and I'll actually take uh, I'll do all my hand brushing now. The majority of it with uh, waterborne paints, and uh, you know I use Mac brushes, and uh, you know I've got some Tidwells and stuff. So, um, but you use uh, I'll use glycerin, just a dab of it, because that'll it doesn't harden, it doesn't dry. Uh -huh. So that actually extends the life of the paint uh, as you're pulling it. It gives it a little longer life. And then uh, I'll use their, uh, uh, the red label, it's their acetone uh, reducer. And what that does is the acetone will actually evaporate off and uh -huh. make it dry, you know, a little easier to where you can pull other lines over it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm able to get some really decent lines out of it and stuff. You're using Koreatex with the acetone reducer. Yeah. I think I think maybe 2012 because I was using like I had stuff in my in like like the dorm barracks area. I'd like think like paper. I'd buy like newspaper print, tape it up on the wall, and I was like, yeah. you know, I was doing this. I was like the daggers, the dots, yeah. the circles, and I think I was. It was just like I, I probably still have it behind me. Uh, I, I don't. I think I was just reducing with water, like yeah. It was just well, spraying, that's like yeah. Yeah, early on, people were reducing with water, which is what I did. I mean, and honestly, because yeah. um, I was like, it's water-based paint. If I'm going to thin it out, I'm not going to spend you know money to do that. I, I was counting water. drops. I was like, okay, yep. I was trying to do math. I'm like, one, two. I had like a little little dropper bottle for water, and I'm like, dr like trying to count everything. Yeah, I had no yeah. clue what I was doing. Yeah, well, and, and people would also use like Windex, and uh, mm -hmm. there were a couple other products, but essentially the red label – uh, Createx reducer. It's their acetone. I think it's the 2030, if I remember correctly. Mm. That stuff is crazy. Like it's really, it's decent. You can't use it with some products because it will actually react and make coagulate and stuff. But uh, for the most part, I mean, it's it's a killer, killer product. And uh, they've come so close to making it like spraying solvent-based paint. That uh -huh. Really, there's not any huge benefit to spraying solvent. For someone like me, you know, you when you're same, in automotive, you the work, same effect. Yeah, you know, and then one. Well, I mean, you have guys like uh, Steve Gibson, who is, you know, the stuff he's doing with this paint. It's like, yeah, obviously, you know, this is this is some uh, some quality stuff. So, do you do you ever use the auto? Like, is it the? It's called Auto Air. Auto Air. Uh, yeah. So it's a different line. So basically, oh. Createx is actually broken down into a couple of different segments so you have their uh illustration which is like they use better binders they use better pigment like it's it's a, a higher quality paint but it is more expensive mm -hmm. they have the wicked line which is a little more cost effective and for most people that are going to touch an airbrush the wicked line will do anything that they're capable of doing mm -hmm. um and then they have the auto wear colors which those tend to be more i believe those have the pearls and the metallics and a lot of the like uh they have a gold chrome and a chrome now um a lot of those they have a uh what is it called a sealer now that's it's been out for a little while but the sealer's 
badass. I mean, it's really solid stuff. Um, it has really, really good uh, adhesion. It has really good wear protection and stuff. So <clears throat> that is something I'm actually, I have a lot of big, beyond painting and stuff. I mean, I do machining. I do a lot of uh, automotive work and stuff. So I have a lot of really big machinery that I'm getting ready to go through and actually re uh, redo. And I'm going to use that. Like it's, it, yeah, it's, it's good, solid paint that will last. So, uh -huh. um, but yeah, so they're broken down into a couple different uh, areas and stuff. And, and they're always looking for new, products they're always building you know and uh, -huh. uh it's it's just really badass to watch how they're they're not afraid to try something new uh -huh. even if it doesn't work out 100 percent. you know you'll have those people that'll come in and they'll bitch and moan about how you know oh i bought this product like, it wasn't great they take care of the people yeah it's like any product that comes out there's always someone there's someone who's gonna it's not gonna do something for them and yeah oh yeah i like i don't like how uh when these new like some of these new products come out uh coast puts out some really good things, uh, really good informational, like instructional videos out there, yeah. uh, that I've been, you know, that helps me out, you know, like, Oh, what am I going to buy now? Just watch, Hey, let me just watch their, let me watch their video. And I know exactly. Yeah. yeah. So Dave and the coast crew, you know, Rhino and, and, uh, you know, for a long time, Tom, uh, -huh. uh that they're such a big part of the paint industry beyond just being a retailer, you know, uh, -huh. uh they work really closely with Iwata. They work very closely with Createx. They work, you know, Dave is one of those people that when they are looking, when somebody's looking to do something new, uh, the uh, Lumalorf is a good example. Mm -hmm. Dave's the guy they call. Because even if he's not going to do it himself, he'll be like, this is your guy. Go over here. He'll kill it, you know? And, you know, and he, he keeps a good uh, – a finger on the industry where he knows, you know, a lot of people that are coming in and stuff and uh, you, he has access to them. Um, and so because of which, yeah, they, they're, they're uh, lime at five is a, a really good one and stuff. And uh, you know, you have Craig Frazier who's big in Createx and, you know, just the industry as a whole, he's been on there quite a few times. You have Rhino, um, you know, Ryan Templeton, you have like, you have a lot of these guys that are amazing, you know, um, and uh they all run through there where did you like how did so did the did carving the palms like that's mm -hmm. that is what really promoted pro promoted you and pushed you forward because you were is that you were doing that like no one else, yeah. like you said no one else was doing that yeah. is that what is that what kind of like put you out in front of you know all it these, is all these businesses all these companies yeah because yeah, it, it's one of those things where um and like with stolen for instance you know that was one of my, I would honestly say, favorite connections, not on a product level. Like, you know, they don't give me uh, everything I ever want or whatever. But it's like um, those guys are so solid. They're, they're so big in the industry, uh, the tattoo industry uh, mainly, um, that uh, it was it was humbling. You know, I painted a couple bikes early on that I used uh, some of the early Fallen Angel artwork that uh, Gus and Ryan Smith did. And, uh, you know, so, and that was back before the internet was a huge, yeah, everything like it is now. Uh -huh. And so I did it and it was, it, I was hoping to get in touch with them in some way and it just never happened. Um, and I, by chance, met with uh, Jeremy Hanna, who's the, the co-owner of Solon. And uh, <clears throat> we started talking and, I had one with me because I was actually in California uh -huh. getting more palm fronts to take back with me. And he, uh, yeah, he was like, man, these are amazing. Like you should 
bring one out, you know, let's, let's connect, you know? And uh, so uh, that, that was a, a relationship that honestly would probably never have developed without palm fronds because they're not really big into metal work. They're not really big into like airbrushing and stuff. Um, you know, and I get a lot of people who hit me up and be like, Hey, you know, how did you, somebody who doesn't even tattoo get connected with someone? And I'm like, well, it's because I don't tattoo. Like uh-huh. when you are sending your tattoo work into, you know, one of the biggest tattoo related companies in the yeah. world and hoping to get noticed, it's like, well, you know, you're, I'm not saying you're not good, but there's other people who are as good or better sending in hundreds of people sending in work, trying to get on t-shirt. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And so it's like doing something that's completely out of the norm. Um, you know, and I've actually, there's a lot of people who do stuff with palm fronds. I do follow a lot of the hashtag palm frond, hashtag, uh-huh. uh, you know, frond art or whatever. And, um, but it's a lot of people that will paint over them. They don't really carve them. Uh-huh. Um, fish fish are a real big one you know people will turn them into fish all the time and i've gotten uh-huh. requests um but uh i just i don't I, honestly i don't know why it hasn't caught on better uh they are a real pain in the ass to carve i think that's the thing it, you're right there i think you got it right there it's yeah it's it takes time it it, it it's definitely a skill set and it's not you don't just like oh, i'm just gonna go buy this and carve it and and make yeah. stuff that you're making right now it, yeah. It's not, it's not going to happen. It takes time to learn how to, like, I was watching you do it. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, I watched you draw on it. And I was like, and then I watched you start carving. And then you got out the grinder and I was like, nope, done. I cannot do this. I was like, I can't, I was, I, I was like, oh, I, I was, I'm the guy who would like, I would cut off my fingers. It, there's, there's oh, a lot gonna, goes into it. I've got so many scars <laughs> on my hands. Like I actually have one of my favorite pictures, a friend of mine, Angela, a uh, stunt girl took photography in Vegas she took of me it was for uh i think it was round rod magazine and i was just holding a palm frond and it says tank built and like i love that picture because not not for the name and stuff but because the way she had uh altered the lighting it was a black and white photo you uh, can see all the scars on my all, hands and i was like that's time man that's work everything you've put into it yeah, yeah. Blood, literally what, what advice do you like so someone someone that is new yeah. Once, once to get recognized. I mean, we all know, like, there are no shortcuts. Yes. Yeah. There's no magic. There's no special book you can buy. I know it's it's hard work, and you put a lot of time in. Someone coming in new, like, who wants to paint, airbrush, carve? What advice do you have for that person? Um, take a lot of pictures. Don't share those pictures necessarily, but take a lot of pictures. File them away. I have a whole file on my phone of palm fronds. Um, and a good good example of that is uh, I posted a little while back a side-by-side picture of a gorilla I did before one. and what I did yeah. now. Yeah. And it's um, because in your mind, you build, you build up things that you've done before bigger uh-huh. than they really are. You know, and so, which is good and it's also bad because when you don't feel like you're making progress and you don't feel like you know, all the work you're doing is really paying off and you're remembering back and you're like, that first gorilla was just so badass. It was so much cooler than anything I've ever done. When you actually have a picture of it that you can look at side by side with the work you're doing now, it's like, Oh, now I see like, um, so yeah, first of all, would be take lots of pictures. Don't post them, but take them for your own good, you know, with fitness, with artwork, with 
anything you're doing, you're going to get better by doing it. You know, um, there's a lot of information out there about like 10,000 hours and uh, repetition and things. Those are all great to listen to um, because they, they have a, there's a resonance to them that it's real. Um, mm-hmm. And then uh, another thing is don't compete with other people. Be inspired by other people and compete with yourself because I'm guilty of it. You know, I'll flip on, uh, I'll jump on Instagram and go to the, uh, the search tab and, you know, discover new things. And as I'm rolling through there and I'm seeing some of these people carving lions that are 25 foot long, insanely intricate and, uh, or people that are taken and they're carving, you know, things inside of other things. And like, it's, it will destroy your confidence if you're not careful, you know, be inspired by that. Don't, don't take that and be like, I'll never be that good. You know, take it and be like, you know what? That's what I want to get to and and push yourself. The best shanks like that. I got those down. Like that's the only thing I I can carve a shank. That is it. Sores, (laughs) anything. That's, that's all I can do. I don't go, I cannot get any, any crazier. I like what you said though. Uh, I have it. I have some, like kind of what you just said about artists and and um, being inspired. And I, yeah, I screenshotted this off of, of like Instagram. Someone had it. Yeah, and it, it kind of resonates with kind of what you just said. It says if you're an artist and your friends are artists, they are not competition. They're your inspiration. Support them. And yeah, that goes off of what you just said. You know, like you're getting inspired by others. Don't let it keep you down. Yep. Uh, supporting each other. Like that's another reason why I wanted to do this is start, start just getting it out there. People like what everybody is doing even more. And I and look, I, I, all I did was Google your name. There's a lot out there on you. Good. It's all good. It wasn't bad stuff, but there, so there, far. Was, <laughs> there was a lot of stuff like, yeah. it, it just kind of like, Oh wow. Like you, this, what you're doing didn't happen overnight. Like the, no. the success took many, many trials and errors and years to get to for you. It wasn't yeah, like, oh, absolutely. It was like, you didn't pick up a Dremel and carve a palm. And then it was like, Oh, here you go. That like people, the evidence is out there. If you Google him, you'll see how long he has been at this. Well, and so, and the reality of that too is even more profound because the reality is I've spent probably 10 or 20 fold the amount of time and energy I've spent on, carving palm fronds on paint. I spent probably a hundred times on metal and you will like, I'm actually getting ready to start posting more of that stuff because it is something I'm working more on now, but like, don't build yourself into a box. You know, there's a lot of people that they say, you know, I want to be really good at X and X is the only thing that I'm going to be known for or whatever. Mm -hmm. I was actually really salty about palm fronds for a long time, you know, because Here's this thing that I honestly, even to this day, like I kind of, my, my good friend, Nick uh, here, he always gives me shit because I'm like, I think palm fronds are dumb. And he's like, what do you mean they're dumb? They're badass. They're, you know, they're uh-huh. dimensional and like you're doing things that nobody else is doing. I'm like, yeah, but like, it's a, a piece of garbage that I'm taking and like carving something that could only be a couple things out of because of the shape to where I can take metal and make literally anything I want. I can take and, you know, paint and all this stuff. And it's like, so I was a little salty on the fact that like, this is what I'm going to be. I'm going to be the palm frond guy, you know? And actually there were a couple of interviews and stuff I've done before where they, they were like, 
all right, we're going to introduce you as Tank Bill. You're the Palm Prime guy. I was like, do not fucking call me the Palm Prime guy. Well, I, like, this up, I, put, I just put artist. And I yeah. Think it's, it, the, the poems, people know you for that, but it opens yeah. them. Once they look that, they look you up or look in your stuff, they notice you do other things. That's where I was like, yeah. oh my gosh, this guy does, he's cutting up metal and, and forming metal. And I saw a thing where like you were building a bike, like you were building yeah. a motorcycle and yeah it and, just kind of pulls people in yeah and i mean one thing that i'm really moving for uh forward on right now and part of the reason i did the the wood room that i'm sitting in is uh i've been taking old uh like victorian furniture and like not the real old like badass stuff but like there's a lot of replica stuff out there uh -huh. and um you can get it cheap on offer up or uh facebook or whatever and I'll take it and I've been pulling all the fabric off and re-carving all the wood, laminating new pieces into it and stuff. And uh, those are some pieces that are going to get put out there real soon is like these badass, you know, Custom. thrones that, yeah. that are all hand carved, you know? And it's um, one thing I, I've tried to move towards um, is some form of like upcycling because yeah. in my the way I look at it is I can take wood and I can cut it down like, you know, timber. I can cut it down, laminate it and make something new. Or I can take something that already exists that would go into a landfill or honestly, people dump their shit in the industrial area I'm in here. Uh -huh. There's piles everywhere of stuff that people just don't want. And so I try to take that stuff and, you know, re-inject it into the uh, world. Yeah. So is this, is your, where you're at, is that actual, you're in your shop right now? Yeah. So it's, it's uh, a friend of mine owns the building. He, uh -huh. it's his space and stuff, but uh, uh -huh. I was struggling, man. Like, to be honest, um, I made a few business decisions back in 2017 mm -hmm. that really have, uh, they've negatively impacted my life in general. I mean, I had gained a lot of weight. I had, uh, you know, um, pretty much literally went bankrupt. Like I'm, I'm on the verge of actually talking about the potential of having to file bankruptcy because of some decisions I made in good intentions, but I just wasn't able to follow through on. I had messed them up. Other people had messed them up. Whatever the situation was, they didn't happen. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, I was pretty much ready to give up. Um, this is, uh, 2019, I would say, September, October, uh, when I went, I went on a trip with, uh, with Horny Mike, uh, Mike Henry from Counting Cars. We went on a trip for a month and a half around the country and it was a lot of fun. And honestly, that was the best thing that could have happened to me at that moment because Vegas was not a good place for me at that moment. I was dealing with a lot of stuff and um, it was just getting out of the, getting out of the area for a while. Uh -huh. And being able to focus on somebody else and also being able to show my stuff. Like Mike was super cool about like, bring your stuff too. I want you to show it off. Uh -huh. You know, he wasn't that guy that tried to be like, well, you're here for me. You have to wear my clothes, you have to do my stuff. You know, he's, he's a badass person in general. Do you, do you like, have a set of horns? I have multiple sets of horns. Yes. I don't necessarily wear them. Yes. Uh, I mean, even I even like sewing. Like I have a lot of sewing clothing that uh, has the real big picture. I just I'm I'm plain. I like my little shirts. I like my yeah. plain hats. Like um, what shirt? What shirt do you have on? Right it's Indasa. It's the oh, yeah. uh, abrasive company I work with. Shout out! Yeah, shout out to Indasa. They've uh, they gave us a shout out on their Instagram. And, yeah, and uh, been actually like 
liking some of my stuff. So I really appreciate so, like I really appreciate them right now. And Dawson was one of these companies that I, I came into um totally by accident. You know, it was uh the picture of me working on that uh or holding up the guitar in SEMA. Uh, yeah. That was in their booth. And actually I'd say a couple weeks or months before that, one of the guys, Johnny Rhodes, uh Johnny Rhodes ninety five on Instagram, he had seen some of my stuff, liked it. We started talking a little bit. He was like, Hey, come by the booth when you when you're in town and stuff, or uh, you know, when we're in town. So I went through and we started talking and he was like, Hey, if you want to do a demo, bring something in and you know, just sand it or whatever. And I was like, You guys just let me do it? And they're like, Yeah, why not? You know, and uh, they were majorly an automotive refinish company as far as like their braces and stuff were really uh-huh. geared towards that or towards like uh, plain woodwork and like knife making and stuff. Mm-hmm. But they've really gone after the custom market and they've really expanded their product line into tapes and polishes yeah, and other stuff as well. And um, one thing I've been looking at is those tapes. They've been posting a lot of stuff on they're uh, solid. content on that. Yeah. Definitely. You know, and uh, they're another company that like they put their products out to people they trust. Mm-hmm. And allow them to try them and, and tell them and be brutally honest, like, hey, look, I don't like it for this reason. It, you know, it doesn't do curves well or it rips or, you know, whatever the case is. And they'll make those adjustments and do it again. And, uh, you know, they have multiple lines that are different price ranges or for different things. Um, but they're always listening. They're always trying to do new things. They have their workstation, which for me when I, they, we first started talking about the workstation, I was like, it's a cart with a vacuum on it. Like, let's uh-huh. be real. Not really game changing. Like, sorry, I'm just not putting that much money into it. But uh-huh. uh, when I ended up breaking down, we, you know, we got one here to the shop. Um, they have their electric sander and also air tools that run through it. And what you do is you put the, uh, the vacuum on automatic. And when it gets power or it, uh, registers air going through it, it turns the vacuum on and off. So, which is actually kind of badass. Like you're not sitting there running back and forth. Like you turn uh-huh. the sander on, and the sanders, their uh, e sanders have multiple speed settings as well. So, which is really nice for for different things. So, um, I was hooked. I, I started doing it, and I was like, oh, fuck. Like, okay, this is this is kind of badass. Like, I wanted to I wanted to be a naysayer, you know, but uh-huh. uh, uh, but no, it was really cool and. Um, the diversity of their products at this point, you know, they do flat discs, they do fiber discs, um, you know, different uh, DA pads, the five inch. So I've been having a ball using their stuff because you don't realize how much abrasives and tapes you use on literally everything until you start putting together an order and like looking at everything you're getting ready to order. And the how fact that you go into it place is awesome. Yeah, how much goes into it? Can you, yeah. can you explain to everybody about SEMA, uh, I've only, of course, seen like videos and all the content from SEMA. But someone watching, you know, you've been to yeah. SEMA. So people watching or going li- or listening to the podcast might not necessarily know what SEMA is or how it works or how you go. Yeah, Could you talk about so, that a little bit. So SEMA, SEMA is a lot of fun. The show itself is really, as a, an everyday person, if you're in the automotive industry, uh-huh. it's fun. Like, you get to walk around, and, you know, there's a lot of different cars. There's a lot of different innovations. Um, any company that's wanting to produce a new uh, part or a new, you know, whatever uh, in the automotive region, like, 
SEMA is great for them. Um, it's not the same as it used to be for that regard because now we have the internet. Like if you want to launch a new product, you don't have to go to a company and, you know, go to and do a circuit of these uh -huh. different uh, things. Like you can just put it on your Instagram and, you know, pay for some, uh, some exposure and boom, it's out there. Um, but it's really nice to be able to go see it in person. Um, the amount of talent that you see my every year is uh -huh. staggering. Uh, the, the people that you will be able to just walk up to and be like, but uh, 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 I'm, uh, I'm tank, of yeah. course. Uh, uh, thank you. You know, yeah. like, and they're, most of them are so incredibly cool. You know, they understand that like, that's what they're there for. And really, a lot of them, that's what they've built their career for is to be able to have that reach and have that, uh -huh. you know, um, and SEMA is great for that. And just a lot of people that come to SEMA that aren't the companies themselves come for the after hours because every night yeah. there's at least a couple different events. Uh, Christian Sosa uh -huh. with Sosa Metalworks, he's been doing one on, I believe it's Wednesday nights usually. Um, uh, it's called hammers and hops is what they ended up calling it. So, um, but it, he opens his shop and he has food and he has drinks and some of the greatest names in the industry are there hanging out at his, uh, his place. You know, Jamie Jordan was there, uh -huh. Jesse James, Christian Sosa himself. Um, you know, Jesse Combs before she passed away, she was there, mm -hmm. uh, you know, every time. So seeing these people go through the Eugene Winfield, uh, you know, was, was through there and stuff. And like seeing these people and like, in a, a much smaller, more intimate setting uh -huh. is awesome because usually it's they're standing at a table at a booth. You have to stand in line, you walk up, you shake their hand, they sign yeah. something for you, you, yeah, you take off. quick and go. Yeah. Yeah. So being able to meet up with some of these people and actually sit down and talk to them uh -huh. is, is phenomenal. And uh, if you're into art, automotive related or, or otherwise, um, or you're into cars, you have to make it seem at least once. You know, it's just, it's one of those things, um, not having it this last year was disorienting to say the least, yeah. because a lot I, of people, was, was online? yeah, yeah, well, yeah, they, they did, they did some online thing. Yeah. Um, I didn't even bother. Like I really tried to partake in as little of anything this year as possible. Uh -huh. like, I just, I work and, uh, you know, I've been, uh, trying to drop weight. I'm down about 35 pounds over this last year. Um, and normally my weight loss consists of me working out super heavy and, you know, doing it that way this time around, it's just a total lifestyle change. Uh, instead of a lot of energy drinks, I'm drinking a lot of iced coffee and, um, you know, just, just cutting out a lot of the sugars and, uh -huh. and eating more consistently and eating better. And, um, that's this whole year has been focused on that, but like with SEMA, um, when it comes back around next year, it's going to be insane because there will be two years worth of innovation. It's going to be huge insane yeah, and everyone's that's... gonna be just scratching to get out anyway so oh yeah it's gonna be a huge party what uh are you are you gonna come out to a brush masters oh absolutely so actually this last brush masters um i was talking with Corey about helping him do some promo videos and helping him yeah. uh pump it up and uh yeah. yeah this next one i was actually bummed i just found i have a stack of brush master stickers that Corey gave me uh-huh uh, it was probably November of 2019 that he gave them to me and I had been sticking them on everything uh, all over the country, anywhere I go. And, uh, but yeah, I was really excited about going this year. 
obviously, you know, it had to get shut down or uh, postponed, whatever. But, uh, yeah, I'm really excited. Brushmasters, it's another one of those. Actually, it's a really good segue because uh, – Sorry, my wife, I cut out that time. Um, so I, like, I froze. I was like, oh, wait, are you there? <laughs> um, so, uh, but yeah, Brushmaster is one of those where you take a step back and see some of the, um, see some of the talent that's there. You know, I mean, you have, uh, I don't even want to go into it. Just, it's legitimately one of those events where you watch and you're like, I can't believe all those people were in yeah. one place at one time. And, and, and want and to help me and show me. Yeah. And, and talk I tell, and hang out. I tell people about this every every show. I'll probably talk about it. Yeah, I, I want people to go. It's 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 a, it's fun. It's hands on. You can ask yeah. whatever you want, and people. I mean, after you paint, people, like the, during the day, you learn everything, and then at night, it's just a crazy paint party. And every you're you're learning someone else. There there's like people in the industry sitting beside you, going through class with you. It, yeah. It's just something it's it's mind blowing. And you're like, am I really am I really taking a class right now with this guy? Like, oh my gosh, I've I've seen his work all over the internet and he's sitting beside me right now. We're learning the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well and that's you know, that's one thing that I absolutely love about a lot of these guys too, is the fact that there's a lot of humility and a lot of humble uh characteristics that are going around the, the industries right now where people are not afraid to be uh, vulnerable and, and say like look I don't know everything like uh -huh. for a long time a lot of the artists I looked at I was in awe of them partially because I yeah. was like how do they know literally everything like they're just one of those people that like they're like oh I know that like uh -huh. I can do that it just it blew me away but on the flip side of the coin having these guys that are like I learn every day I try to learn every day I try to uh -huh. do something new every day that it is nice because it makes it look and feel like that's something I can achieve. I can achieve greatness because if somebody that I think is great is also trying to achieve greatness, uh -huh. you know, then to some extent I've already achieved it, you know? Like that's the, yeah. Everybody's willing to help out. What's your, so like, what's your, I know you said you're doing furniture. Mm -hmm. What's your next, like your next goal, your next thing that you're going to be doing, putting out. Ooh. Um, actually I'm, I'm working on a series. Um, it started, before I went on the trip with Mike, um, but it's called Built in America. And there's already an Instagram for it. I already have the domain and all that stuff. Um, it's B-I-L-T, not B-U-I-L-T. But uh, basically, one thing I've realized about myself is that I don't, I'm not nearly as passionate about my art as I am about helping other people with their art. Uh -huh. um, and uh, in projects as well, you know, there's a lot of opportunities I've gotten where People are like, hey, if you want to come out and help me for a week or two weeks or whatever on this project, you know, uh, Magic Mike, he's a bike builder there in Vegas. Um, amazing guy. Like him as a person, as a creator, just very, very good. I end up watching but, that one. I yeah. Found, so, I found oh, that one. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Magic Mike is one of those where I met him by chance. Uh, you know, the shop I was in, we were next door neighbors and stuff. We ended up getting real close. And I ended up having the opportunity to help him with some of his stuff. Mm -hmm. And the quality of work that I was able to achieve and the amount of time or how quickly I was able to do it was so much better than if I had just done it on my own because 
my stuff isn't that important to me a lot of times, unfortunately. Like I just, or I'll get sidetracked or whatever. But when I was there in his shop helping him, that's what I was doing. And uh, it, that helped me kind of realize too, that like, instead of building complete cars or bikes or even projects and stuff, mm -hmm. I would much rather spend my time doing some of my stuff, but then traveling and helping other people on the things that they're already doing. Um, you know, and uh, that I was like, you know what I want, I think is going to make the most sense is to make that a series, yeah. um, you know, post it on Instagram, stuff like that. But uh, I do a lot of video and photography, like editing and, um, uh, Oh, it was, yep. it was professionally, done. the one I watched was, it's professionally done. Yeah. And I tried to find the one where you're getting like the tattoo. Yeah. There was, I, I was, I found, I think it was like a, just a small clip of it, but I was like, oh my gosh. So I was looking everywhere for, for that built in America. So I'm going to be honest that why right, So that, uh, that's through a, a, a streaming service that is VR called VR Lou. Mm -hmm. And basically it's what, you know, it's something uh, somewhere like Netflix or something, but it's uh -huh. on uh, I believe the Oculus uh, okay. and a few other like VR headsets. Uh -huh. um, man, that James Strickland was a blast to work with. Like that tattooer, the uh -huh. guy is insanely talented. He's super nice, um, very approachable. Cusses like no tomorrow, which uh -huh. was funny because they were like, you cannot cuss in this. Uh -huh. So there were a couple takes where they were like, okay, um, that was fun, but. Um, you can't say fuck that much. And yeah. he's like, fuck you. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like a lot of editing, and, uh, right? And, but I want to be honest, that one, I look back and, you know, at that point I was just under 300 pounds and the, the way those are shot is there's a camera, uh, a single like six lens camera, 360 cam, and it doesn't move the entire time. And we opted, he opted to do the inside of this arm um, in that one. Nice. And, so I was laying down like this, looking at the camera, looking at him at 300 pounds, yeah. which I'm 250 right now. So that's 50 pounds heavier than I am now. Uh -huh. Hating life. It hurt like hell trying to keep up with the conversation, trying to keep him from cussing. And like, that was a, uh, that was an experience. And when they started showing me some of the, the footage of it, I was like, I don't even want to see it. Like I'll, I, uh -huh. I will not prove this. If I see any more, I just, you know, but uh, it's one of those where I can look back on it and be like, well, there's proof that I was 300 pounds. <laughs> so this is like, that's the next, th that's what, that's what you're, that's the next thing for you. So the VR thing is a part of what I'm doing. Um, uh -huh. But actually uh, the biggest thing I've been working on, the hardest part for me is self-producing. Um, Cause I don't, one thing that I, I want to show if I'm going to do this thing is uh if you've ever seen the the TV show Catfish, I really like the fact that they showed the production. I really like uh -huh. the fact that they showed people getting mic'd up. They showed people with uh -huh. the cameras and stuff. Like it was it was there, and even though it was staged to a point, uh -huh. it was more real. To where you see other TV shows, and like they'll walk up to the door and knock on you know, and there's all of a sudden a camera inside. Hey. The guy's like, I "Wonder who this could be?" Yeah, you know. Like how did um, that, that camera in there and he didn't know the camera was there? Yeah. Yeah. And he's already mic'd up and everything else. Yeah. Like, so I was like, you know what? I want to actually shoot and, and like show calling people and being like, Hey, don't cuss, you know, don't uh -huh. say anything crazy. You're on, on the, the uh -huh. you know, you're on camera. I'm going to come in. We're going to mic you up and we're going to do this thing. And I'm not uh, super great on camera and all that stuff. So it's not like I don't slip up. And so that, but that I want that to be part uh -huh. of it 
it's just raw not, and it's real. Yeah. Yeah. Because the reality of it is like, what I want to be able to do is make it a platform to where uh, I want a website that has a map and you can pin things on there. It'll have to go through approval before it gets live. But mm -hmm. basically what I want it to become is something that people go on and say, there's somebody doing something amazingly creative in this area. This is the shop wow. name. This is the person's name. Um, because as I travel around, I would love to be able to take some time, stop off in small towns mm -hmm. and talk to small people, um, or not small people, but talk to people who are yeah. less known uh -huh. because that trip that, that Mike and I took was a big eye opener. We would end up stopping in and looking at these shops. Like we would just pull off the road and him being horny Mike and we we're driving this truck with big old horns uh -huh. and his face down the trailer. Like it was like a, a you know, get into anywhere free card. And uh, we would just pull off and talk to people and seeing some of the talent that's out there that we're like, oh, what's your yeah. Instagram? Whatever, we'll give you a shout. And they're just like, ah, I don't do all that. It's like, it's so incredible. And to be able to talk to some of those people, to show some of the stuff they've done, that's what I'm really excited for. Um, uh -huh. you know, and it's just, it's a matter of doing it. I don't want an invasive crew. I don't want it to be something to where everywhere we go, We've got 10 cameras and people just feel awkward or whatever. Like I want it to be something where whether I'm wearing a body cam and then I have my A7 or whatever. Um, I want that to be, you know, and me and maybe a couple other people will trade off the camera and all that stuff. And, uh, you know, as far as editing goes, that's the biggest hurdle is because if you've done anything with video, you know that to cut together a 30 second clip, you're going to ingest hours of footage possibly you know oh. especially doing what we're doing with this you have to shoot so much stuff because uh -huh. it's not staged you know and there's a lot of times where you'll hit the you know like turn off the video and then something happens and you're like crap i, I should have got that up. yeah that's like this, you don't want there's no editing i'm not editing yeah. i'm not i don't i'm not gonna i'm not taking i'm not cutting out anything when we lose the mics when we do it and it, you're you're right. There's a lot. I was like, I was going to do it. I was like, oh my gosh, I don't. I'm just gonna keep it like this and go yeah. with it, and just keep going. And yep. I, I was gonna put music. Every I was like, you know what? I, people don't tune in because the they because the the ten, first ten seconds of your interview or your live is because it's got a great soundtrack. You know, they yeah. want to hear. They want to hear what you know, like what you're talking about. And that's you know, you've this you know talking to you 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 didn't you haven't held back like like the whole real thing you've said legitimate things yeah hey you're you're out here you're working you've made it but there are struggles yeah and, and you've made it through those struggles like with someone like this type these this type of career isn't always you're not always in the limelight and it's not always yeah. it's not it's not always i don't know, like party 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 you know uh like like a rock, you're, it's not a lock a rock star lifestyle all the time yeah. it's not it's not like that and it was i think it was great that you said some things like to put it in perspective to people who are thinking about this or or just in, interested and want to listen and like you don't understand that you you might cut out but yeah i mean basically i um as somebody who would go on social media and see other people and see how amazing their life is all the time and stuff. And then you meet them in person and you're just like, Oh, like that's, that's it. Like I didn't want to be that guy. It's, it's difficult though, because at the same time you want to make sure that you're not putting yourself in a position where 
like I'm not trying to be dramatic. I, I don't go on Facebook and air out my dirty laundry and talk about my ex and all this stuff. Like I'm not trying to be a drama queen, but I would love to be able to, to show people that shit's a struggle. Like, you know, it, it really is. And there's no, the reality is I haven't gotten through my struggles. I've gotten through some, but like I'm dealing with struggles every day and any artist or any person out there who says that their life is a hundred percent beautiful and perfect all the time. Like that's, that's not somebody you want to build as a role model because you know, they're setting you up for failure because there's no way you're ever going to achieve that. And you know, if, if that's what you're, you're putting your, your bar at, that's what your minimum has to be is I have to be happy in every aspect of my life. Like, you're going to fail. Like there's no way to make that happen. So um, yeah, I just, I mean, I, I definitely want to just, um, and not saying by any means that I'm, I'm somebody who like is to look up to at all, but I do get a lot of people that'll message me um, asking me questions about different tools or uh, techniques or, you know, how I sell, you know, there's, there's people who hit me up and they're like, Hey man, you know, I want to sell artwork. I want to do these shows that you're doing. I want to do this, do that. And, um, you know, I, I always look at it and say, crap, I, I, I want to be as real as I can with them without deterring them. Like, because the reality is like, you know, you're going to get into shows and stuff. It's really not that hard. Um, but by putting yourself in shows, you're going to have critiques. You're going to have people judge you. You're going to have people talk to you and about you. Um, and uh, I like to be liked. I don't go out of my way to make sure that everybody likes me. But when I hear a critique about myself, um, I take it personally, you know, and, and it's very hard not to. And even if it's something that I know isn't real or whatever, it's something I had to teach myself that I don't have to defend everything I do. I don't have to, you know, prove my side of the story. It's like, cool, I'm a scumbag. I'm a loser, whatever, like fun and just move on. Um, there's a, a guy on Instagram. I think your mic's still out. Uh, uh, there's a guy on Instagram, uh, who, who's really good for that. It's uh cornfield customs. I believe is the name of it. He's a metal shaper and like, uh, he takes Sundays and he does, he answers questions and stuff. And, uh, but he's, he's an advocate for telling people like, if you want to make it just block out anything that anybody says because people are going to talk shit and that's the realest thing ever man people are always happy to run their mouths they're always happy like it's a very uncommon thing these days to see somebody who actually wants to see people make it regardless of the proximity of themselves it's like you gotta i've been coming through this time yes i can yes. do it myself that's i hear a, you that's a an, uh having a thick skin you know, you're right. People, you, you put yourself out there. We, we put our artwork out there. There's someone's going to say something. Yep. Someone's going to, someone's going to comment and make fun of something and talk, and talk shit. And it's going to happen. Uh, one, I, think I mean, someone, you know, just commented. So we're, we are live on YouTube. Yeah. And, uh, can you see the comments that are coming through? Is it just on my side? So, just on yours. Um, I, I want to, I don't want to pronounce this. I don't want to butcher his last name. His first name's Ryan to uh tone. Is it Tonery? T O Tonery. Oh God. Yeah. That's Ryan Tonery. Hey, he, he won. He, uh, he wanted to let you know that you are his hero. 
Oh yeah. So yeah. Ryan is the social media guy for Counts Customs. Okay. He's the one that runs their account. So if you have uh, any anything that you want to say negatively about Counts Customs, his personal, his tawdry <laughs> photography, uh, hit that one up and. Ryan, I apologize for butchering your last name because he is, I know he is watching right now. <laughs> so, so actually he, uh, Tonnery, it looks like Tony R if you're, yeah. you know, dyslexic or, or just when you glance at it. So people think his name's Tony all the time. We worked with people where they're like, oh, if you can get Tony R to, to shoot this with you, I'm like, Tonnery, yeah, I got you. Oh, so. man. Yeah, he's, I wait, he'll probably send me a message. I apologize. I saw he popped up. It like all the stuff popped up on the side. So I, he is viewing right now. Yeah. He, he he's a, he's a super cool cat. Awesome yeah. photographer. The only colorblind photographer I've ever met. I'm sure they're out there, but like it kind of, I was always like, why are your colors so funky? And he's like, well, I'm colorblind. And I felt, I felt like I should feel like a dick, but I didn't. It was well, kind of fun. He just, he just said that you're a dick. He just said it. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> he, right? just, he just put that out there. Uh, well, I, was no, just, he, I was looking at his stuff today because uh, yeah. I think it, he saw one of the things I think you uh, that you re inst I don't even know what to call that like you re Instagrammed I like, yeah I reposted and, it, and it popped up there and uh, I was see he had pictures of cars and stuff like hot rods and stuff on mm -hmm. there I was, I was checking him out today he's a awesome. he's an awesome photographer and uh, he's one of the people that he came to me early on when he started shooting and asked me some questions and stuff and like it was one of those situations where I was like, I don't, I mean, uh, I'm, I'm good at editing and stuff, but like, I, I didn't really view myself as like a, a amazing photographer, but I have a lot of information. We, we would work together on quite a few things and uh, watching that guy and his ability to um, invest in his craft uh -huh. was inspiring because a lot of people when they first come in or not even when they first come in, but like as they're, they're doing anything, they're looking for the deal. They're looking for like, well, what, what, you know, what uh, machinery can I get? And this dude went out and bought, you know, the, uh, the Canon, uh, I think it was the 5D Mark IV. And uh, yeah, and he spends money on lenses. Like uh -huh. he has more in like two lenses money-wise than I've had in lenses any cheap. lenses ever. I was, they're not cheap. And uh, you know, and he, he'll pay to go do these classes and to do these other things. And he supports people. And like that, it was a, it was a good representation of what you should do as a creative person, mm -hmm. you know, come into it and like invest. Uh, I see yourself. people that yeah. spend money on the dumbest shit and, and then they're, they're, you know, they're over here trying to shoot with like a, you know, I'm not even gonna throw out camera names cause I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, but like they're shooting with a camera they got for like, like 200 bucks. You can say they're, they're, they're using this, this bad. Yeah. Word. Yeah. And, and, and the reality is there are a lot of people out there that can get insane results with nothing with, I've seen uh, cell phone photographers that kill it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not about uh, quality or, or anything like that necessarily, but like if you want to uh, succeed, invest in yourself. You know, there's so many people that are willing to go out and club and, you know, they bought a car that they really, you know, they can afford the payment and the insurance, but like it's on the cusp so that they have that image of, of being successful. But, you know, I'd say take that money 
and invest it into whatever you're trying to do, you know, invest in your craft and, and get better that way. And there, and, there are uh, a lot of classes out there. Um, gosh, there's a lot of guys. If people are into custom paint, there, uh, there's, a, there's a company, there's a group doing custom paint classes out of Stockton, out of New York, mm -hmm. uh, you know, brush masters, Corey's going around and doing small brush masters, like pinstriping classes. You know, he's got one coming up in Iowa. Uh, yeah, there's, you're right. You can look it all up on the internet. There's a lot of stuff. Yeah, the, there. there's yeah. the rendezvous, uh, the getaway. There you have uh, the uh, art circus. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, you got Drew Blair, who's been teaching out, uh, I believe, on the East Coast for mm -hmm. ever. Um, yeah, there's a lot of really, really good, solid people, and there's there's a lot more people that are doing one on one classes or like small classes themselves, um, and not just in the paint community, in the metalworking community. Um, you know, all over it. It's just, uh, so there's a uh, Joe Milky, uh, Sodak, big Joe or Sodak Joe or big Joe. Like the dude's incredible. Like he's up in uh, Sturgis. Now he actually mm -hmm. stays at the Buffalo chip, Like he's got the building there full time. Um, and he does a lot of classes and stuff. And what I like about Joe is the fact that he will, um, he does classes on things that other people, don't think about like uh -huh. a lot of people are like, Oh, we're going to do a, you know, a class on shaping, you know, fenders, or we're going to build uh -huh. a gas and stuff, which it, there's nothing wrong with that. But for people who have kind of gotten through that part of it and not everybody can take concepts that they learn in one area and can just spread them across uh, uh -huh. evenly. So people like Joe, who he's like, I'm going to take this mini bike and, you know, we're going to bring in five people and we're going to, do something to it. We don't know what we're going to do yet. We're going to come together collectively, talk about what we'd like to learn, what we'd like to develop. And he's got a, an awesome shop there and stuff. He's like, we're going to save, shape some shit. You know, we're yeah. going to make something happen. And, um, you know, he makes his own mallets. He makes his own uh, shot bags and stuff for shaping. And like, um, the guy's just a class act personally. And as a worker, he's just, he's brilliant, you know? And, uh, I love seeing that stuff. Like I actually, I would really like to get up uh, to his place and, and shoot some stuff and hang out and, you know, learn whatever I can from the guy. Is that, like, is this, is that going to be something, you know, later on uh, in your career where you'll start teaching, like you'll start offering, you know, like one-on-ones or like small group yeah. classes and, and you know, where you're at or. Yeah. Already. I mean, there are a lot of people that, um, they'll reach out to me about, you know, with, with questions about different tools and stuff, mostly with uh, Dremels or carving and stuff. Um, and I, I try to put it out there. Like I'm not competitive. I'm not trying to hold it close to my uh -huh. chest. Like if you want information and I have it, I will absolutely you spend the just time show to do pictures it. of chisels and sandpaper and just say, that's what you use. Yeah. yeah. Just, yeah, yeah that's <laughs> it. I, I got this old pocket knife and I whittle away. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I I do it all with this pinky yeah. and this array of tools. Like. <laughs> um, but yeah, I pretty much um, it's uh, it's something I'm I'm willing to do. The problem with a lot of creators uh, is the humility and mm -hmm. kind of thinking like I don't almost uh, wondering if if the information they have is worth charging for or worth yeah. you know putting out there. Like uh, you know the it's a strange thing to accept that you're good enough in what you're doing to show other people from a teacher standpoint. Doing it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, cause it's, it's one thing to just be like, yeah, you know, if you want to 
learn or you want to play around, come play around with me. It's another to be like, look, we're doing a class. This is the setup and whatever. Um, and that's one thing I did learn in the military is that basis of, you know, how to do, uh, like when I went through a corporal course and stuff, you learn how to give a class, how to go through a period of instruction, yeah. how to begin it, how to, you know, go to the middle and how to recap. And that's something I, I have used and will use uh, in that regard. But um, it's still on a, a confident, not not even confidence, because like I've got all the confidence in the world for no apparent reason. Um, but uh, it's more about, I guess, like you said, just being humble, like feeling like, yeah. you know, I don't, I don't know if what I've got is worth somebody else doing. But uh, yeah, I mean, I absolutely would love, I'd love showing other people anything uh-huh. I can show them, you know, and uh, uh, it's, it's just strange because I don't work enough with painting and stuff to feel comfortable mm-hmm. getting into like the getaway or uh, uh, the rendezvous or even the brush masters um, as an instructor and carving fronds isn't really a wide enough thing obviously mm-hmm. to to do but um i have played with uh i do a lot of casting and stuff so one thing i was looking at is making very plain either skulls or faces that are just yes. cast very up yeah. and then carving those in you know um with dremels and stuff and like that's something i think could be fun and it's a little more um applicable to other things mm-hmm. uh because like you said the fronts the problem is that they're very unique like I have this one I'm working on right now for somebody and uh, without any paint, it's a little harder to see some of the detail. Uh Um, You know, when you look at these things, they're incredibly fibrous. You know, they're uh, it's, you work with a really hard exterior. Then you go through a very pulpy fibrous interior. Mm -hmm. And then once you breach through the back and then through the center, I mean, it's not really that easy to see, but this thing's about four inches thick in the middle. Uh-huh. And then it ends up being closer to, you know, a half inch out here and it went even thinner the farther it went out. So being able to work all your stuff in there and using little tricks, uh, the paint really does help it. Like mm-hmm. when I'm, when I paint them, I use a lot of really dark tones to kind of set my foreground and background apart, mm-hmm. uh, contrasting tones, you know, I'll do a real bright right next to a real dark yeah. to give it that little more pop. So, um, but that's all very uh, you know, straight up with this, like it's uh-huh. it's not something that you're gonna take that information and go and put it into something else. It's a piece be, of yeah. flat wood, like. Uh-huh. So, yeah, it's um, it's something we're doing. Like Indasa actually has a really neat um, uh, facility there in New Jersey and uh-huh. Fairfield, New Jersey, that they they built out. That was the one that Corey, me, Christian, Bananas, or Diana, uh-huh. um, and then Chucky. Uh, we were out there. Uh, doing um, like paint big, and stuff on. the big door, yes, that big the rhino. And all, yep. yes, yeah. So yeah. Christian did the door, the the rhino on one side, uh-huh. and Corey did the Indasa uh, script on the other, uh-huh. or through the middle. And then uh, I just kind of helped out where I could, just to speed uh-huh. up the process. And I shot a lot of it. Um, and then Chuck, uh, it's I, I don't remember his Instagram handle. I feel bad, but he does a lot of Indasa's like rhino artwork and stuff. Uh-huh. He did his own mural in the in the next room over in the hallway, and just killed it. Like watching that guy work too was uh-huh. something. That, um, you know, he's been painting cars and uh, a lot of like race cars and stuff for years, and like watching this guy work 
and the way he uses masking and, you know, um, he doesn't like Christian was sitting there with, with a picture in one hand and like spraying yes. it out. Uh-huh. And then, uh, you know, and Corey's just sitting there like whipping it in and stepping back and, uh-huh. and to see Chuck sitting there and he had his little drawing, but like he masked the whole thing out and then spray in a couple of things. And you're like, I don't oh, yeah. think that's going to work out. And he pulls it off uh-huh. and you're like, what the fuck? Uh-huh. Where'd that come Dude, from? It was insane yeah. to watch, you know? Um, and so, uh, but they have that facility there in Fairfield that they're using for classes and things like that. Uh-huh. Um, and that's one I would love to put together a, a class with them mm-hmm. to come out, um, you know, and just do something at their facility there. It, it wouldn't be bronze. I'm sure it would like, like I said, maybe uh, some, some resin castings that uh-huh. I've done, but um, yeah, you know, it's uh, anybody who keeps information for themselves uh, is a fool because if you look at the internet, anything you would ever want to know is going to be out there somewhere. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and pretending like you're the one who has it is foolish. And, and really it's not helpful to you or anyone else. Like I've seen like you know, it, people have gone far farther in their careers when they have come together with other people. Yeah, absolutely. And, 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 and have built bigger things and done yeah. bigger things and more opportunities happened instead of just staying by yourself and not doing or going anywhere or not talking to anybody or sharing anything. Yeah. Yeah. And anything you do in life, somebody's going to be better. Somebody's going to be faster. Um, even if they don't exist yet, I have no doubt that somebody's going to do fronds at some point and they're going to kill it. They're going to destroy me. And you know what? I welcome the day. Um, you know, and I've, I've even gone out of my way to try to help people to, to kind of, uh, get them excited about it to, to do it because the other side of not having anybody else do it is the fact that um, there's no reason for me to push harder other than uh-huh. wanting to. Like when you paint a picture and somebody else paints a picture and you look at their picture, you're like, oh crap, like I could do that technique over here. I could mm-hmm. build, I can get better. For me, doing fronds and being the only one doing fronds that I know of right now, it's like, I do something and there's no reason other than personal satisfaction to go that little extra bit, to do that little extra detail or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like it's going to sell just fine if I just knock it out and get it out there. And Mm -hmm. that's kind of a shitty way to to think about it. But at the same time, I mean, I really believe that uh, competition drives industry, you know, every industry, you know, nothing, definitely nothing makes you better than seeing somebody else better or faster and think to yourself like crap. Okay. I, yeah. I got to step up. Uh, yeah. I want to improve. I want to, I want to learn. Yeah. I want to do something different and, and, yep. and out and, you know, do something better. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So what if, if people, you know, I know you got, you have the website. If someone, yeah. if people want to contact you for work, where, like, where do they go? How do they, how do they contact you? You're probably on, you got all the social medias locked down. And you said, I don't do Twitter. I mean, I, I, I felt like Twitter was kind of one of those that like, I don't, I don't like politics. I don't like talking shit. I don't like, you know, putting my opinions out there in the uh-huh. world. Um, and I felt like that's all Twitter was really for. So uh-huh. I don't, don't do that. But uh, Instagram, um, personally, it's tank built. If you're looking for fronds, it's frond art, um, frondart.com. Uh, you can go through there. Uh, I have a couple of people that actually maintain that website and stuff. And uh-huh. so they'll be the one uh, talking about it. Um, but yeah, Instagram, Facebook, it's all tank built. There's no you and built. Uh, 
because you know if you can, it wouldn't fit on my can. fingers. Yeah, if you if you can't uh, shoot shoot that information over to me in email so I can put Brother. it in at the bottom of this. Like I load it up when I will actually like I think re-edit it or not edit it, but put the info in. I can put yeah. your information down. You know, if someone sees this when they when they watch it, they can if they want to reach out to you, they can. Nice. Cool. Yeah, I appreciate yeah. it. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd also like to uh, put it out there. I mean, um, some of the artists that I personally love looking at and love watching their stuff is uh, Corey Moreau's, which is Mr. Oz Designs. Um, you know, you've got uh, Corey St. Clair, who he's an amazing painter. There's uh, Ryan Townsend, there's Rhino. Uh, uh, Ryan Templeton is his real name. Uh -huh. But um, and then uh, across the metal industry, Social Metalworks. Yeah, Magic Mike, um, you know, the Mike Mike Henry or uh, Horny Mike, he's uh -huh. always doing some really wild stuff. Like, he kind of catches a rap on the show as being kind of this doofus, whatever, but literally one of the hardest working people I've ever seen in my life. Extremely uh -huh. talented. Um, and then, you know, Ryan Evans is another one. He's a painter. That guy's just, he's driven. He has his views on the show and stuff. Um, and then, uh, yeah, you know, you have uh, Trap. I mean, I, I actually would love to, to do a, a list of people that I would like to see you do interviews with, really, because, uh, you know, they're, uh, yes. there's a lot, man. I'll send them over and I'll start yes. talking well, to them. Stay on here real quick, because uh, when I shut this down, I think we can still, I can still talk to you real quick. Yes. Uh, yes. Cool. Yes. Cool. Well, I, thank you. Uh, thanks for doing this. Um and, yeah, like I said, I'm, I'm glad I finally got to meet you. I know <laughs> next time, hopefully, it's going to be in person. Um, yeah, right. yeah, and we'll have a big group of people, so it'll be fun. Um, thank you. Like I said, uh, I appreciate you doing this for me. So I will stay hey, on over here real quick. I'm gonna end this, uh, and I'll get I'll get more information off of you. Sweet. Cool. Thank you. Yes, sir.